Good morning, good afternoon, and good night from wherever you are in the world. This is D. Horace Town, host of the Black Super Friends podcast tonight. And I'm joined by my three best friends who you know world world known as my best friends who we call the Black Super Friends. I'm going to start to the bottom with Super Mario Senior. What's going on, man? Good day, good day. All right. My favorite holiday this week, Thanksgiving. Yeah, I agree. Go to the next man in the queue, to the man we call. No, I can't do it. Saint <laughs> 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 Chris. Thank you, thank you, my brother. Uh, it's King Chris spelled incorrectly on purpose. I got a question for you though. What do you call prostitutes running fast through the city? A whole race. A whole race times. <laughs> How clever was that? <laughs> well, you thought I bet you've been saving that one too. Oh boy. Yeah, hey, boy. Listen, uh oh wow. Okay, Jeffrey Day, what's up? We see you cold red. And I'm going up to the top, the man who has the map showing everywhere he's been in the world. The latest man. I've been around the world. Hey there, everybody. How y'all doing? My brothers, my brothers, my people. <laughs> my people. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen. <laughs> well, listen, man. This is going to be a different episode this week. It's going to be the BSF Black Super Friends Sports and Entertainment Holiday Edition because Christmas is not always accepted, but Thanksgiving is. So this week, we're going to have some fun on here. Because I get to add some unedited, unfiltered opinions on some matters. And, you know, we usually we have a sponsor every week, but there was too many to pick from. But I tell you what, these guys on here, I can't listen. No homo. <laughs> these guys are about to be up for a condom endorsement deal. Yeah, yeah, buddy. Tell so, the name. Big. <laughs> yeah. Hello? Yeah. Yeah, come again. It's called Big D I C K condoms. Mm. They looked at us and they said, Hey, no homo, but I think you guys really could sell this for us. And I was like, uh, hello. Who told you? Who better? Who told you? Unlimited supply? Hey, <laughs> yeah. Well, hello. Whoever the hell they market is going somewhere. When they made the call, I said, Who me? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So I I formally denounced Magnums and all of those greasy uh, little small bags like uh, Rough Riders, make you look Mm. like you're a pickle in a bag. Mm. And we will be endorsing once the ink is dry for that condom brand. So let it be known. Keep that under wraps. You remember the uh, tuxedos, though? Oh, yeah, man. That's old school. <laughs> Many cats don't dress up like that nowadays. Yeah, man. It's a free-for-all nowadays. <laughs> the one they used to give you at the clinic actually used to bring you to the clinic. Yeah. I did. That's how they used to get your business, boy. You'd be like, what? This ain't a kill me, dog. Like so, shade tree mechanic. Man, who you trying to tell? Hey, man, we're going to do go through trending news. And I must say, brother, I want to ask y'all something. The recent shootings, you know, Booster got shot last week. Mo three was murdered. 
King Vaughn was murdered. Benny the Butcher was shot. Is he still living? Yeah, yeah he's still living. And, you know, I don't listen to rap like I used to, but I'd be, God dang it, man, if I'm trying to make sense of all of the the mainstream. Like, these, these dudes are really at it, and all of the music is really pushing it. So I'm trying to make some sense of it. Y'all guys still uh, connected a little more hipper than I am. Somebody help me make sense of it or at least explain to us in the in the world as what's going on with these recent rapper shootings. Chris. Um, well, look, I I rarely change my position on things. That's uh I, I just the way I think is what I think. But um I've changed my position on something. I'm I've been saying that I don't believe in toxic masculinity. I don't think it's a such thing. Uh, but I think that these are forms of tax, toxic masculinity. I believe that men be, should be able to define that. Anytime a man is m- murdering another man, that's toxic masculinity. When a man is 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 in, so envious of another man that he want to cause bodily harm to him, disrespectful disrespectful to him, and things like that, that's that's what I consider um, toxic masculinity. If anything, because toxic is will kill you. So this is something that that people have died from or been really hurt from. Um, I have a history in, in uh, music and this is one of the things that I, I, I can't say that I've ever been in this type of beef or anything like that, but I can, I've seen people get so envious of you to the point where they have a, a, a high level of animosity to you. I, I've been in clubs where dudes want to come up and shake your hand and things like that and then they get upset because you're not so receptive to that. And uh, when I was when I was doing music, I was in a city that I'm not from. So every guy comes up, every person that come up to me is like basically like a stranger. So I'm always on guard. And a lot of people took that as I'm being sedated or whatever the case may be. I didn't really give a damn, but at the same time, I didn't feel comfortable. So I think what's what's happening is people are watching watching rappers. People already people are in a COVID got people in a lot of you know, a, a bad position right now. And I think that when people see rappers and living living life and rapping about the drugs, the money and everything like that, people get very en- envious of it. And um it's just it's just real, real unfortunate that we we have to deal with things like this. These the rappers should be when we grew when we when rap started, the rap was basically telling you what was going on in the hood. You know what I'm saying? They they was like news reporters to the hood. And now it's, it's it morphed into something totally different, and um, so I'm sort of like you, Horace, on this one. I don't get into music unless I don't get into rappers too much unless they're over thirty. You know what I'm saying? I don't really listen to young rappers like that. And a lot of these guys was young, but besides Benny the Butcher and uh, Boosie, a lot of these guys was young. I I just think it's a real unfortunate thing, man. I I don't know, Jay. What you think? Um, actually, I think all of it's senseless violence. Um, right now, if you look at it, man, it's kings killing kings. I mean, for me personally, it's no way that I've ascended to the heights that these guys have ascended to and still going to be on no hood shit. That's just not a part of the way that I think. And it's sad that today's youngsters can't differentiate between the two. You know what I'm saying? You have literally made it. You have, uh, rose to the crop, cream of the crop. You have done what some of these guys who are on these basketballs and football fields aspire to do, and that's make it. You know, I don't care if you made a hundred thousand or you made a million. 
you've made it out of your circumstance and you're now in a position to where you can help others uh, raise the bar or raise themselves. And what do you do the first chance you get? Figure it up. And I hate it. You feel me? Because it's not it's not becoming it's not a, it's not a, a shining beacon of who we are as black men. You know what I'm saying? And I think that we got to start changing that narrative. But it does perpetuate through the music. And that's the one lesson that I've heard through all the songs that I've been listening to as of late, especially as it involves those guys who have who've gotten hit up and, you know, God bless the dead are, are out of here and, and deceased. What you got for them, Hart? Well, I think this, uh, both of y'all made some good points. And I think this is a, a deep situation because, you know, it's not um, monolithic. So it's, it's so many different things going on and, um, with all these guys. But I think the one thing that they all have in common is I think that uh, nobody in this uh, genre of music seem to uh, have any empathy or forgiveness or, or care about them until it's somebody who they directly have a relationship with. And mm -hmm. I think as a culture, black people, we can't afford that. Like, we always say my brother this or black lives matter this and all that kind of stuff. And those cliche things are very right and very uh, quotable. But at the end of the day, it has to be some kind of meaning behind it. So I'm not one to say that I, I listened to Mo was one of the, like, I think he was one of the next people. He was one of the most talented people I have seen coming up. Far as his vocal ability, his writing ability, his singing, I'm talking about he's really talented and he could act and really perform. And um, I came on, I think, from all what he had went through to get to a point where he finally was out of Chicago and he was on his way to creating a lifestyle for not only him, but his family and his friends to see his uh, time to demise this early in his career was also sad too. But then I think about all the stuff that people done been through. And I'm like, at some point, when is it a, is it going to be a, a our fault? Because I believe that we perpetuate this music. Like mm -hmm. these guys who are rapping, if they come out and say, hey, I'm going to start rapping about gangster stuff, they sales go down. <clears throat> if they, they say, hey, I'm going to stop talking about I'm a cripple of blood, they sales go down. And then now you're telling somebody who feed their family and who have seen millions to mm -hmm. when the people come in there and say, hey, bro, your last album ain't do too good because you're trying to be too conscious, now they drop. So I think a lot of times rappers right now uh, and what they're going through is the people who are buying their uh, music from. I think it's our fault. We put them in a situation where even if they want to change, change means losing money. And yeah. it, as long as they have to keep up this uh, bravado or keep up this persona <clears throat> to keep record sales, then they're going to be trapped. Because even if because right now, like you said, Bootsy is my age. But Boosie started off like them. Through, mm -hmm. through grace, he was able to see this age. But he still ain't too far removed from it. Because the first time Boosie put out a good album, that's like, okay, this kind of, man, nobody don't want to hear that, man. Oh, Boosie, true. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I'm saying the man 40. Like, yeah. like yeah, he don't have grown. T.I. music is good to me still. But it was like, I hear the younger people, I don't want to hear T.I. T.I. ain't talking about nothing. And I hear so much negativity. Even about what I know we're gonna talk about it, but what Gucci and Jesus did. And it just show you that, and I don't hear people checking people on that. Like, bro, it, you have to grow. And unless you plan on dying at 25, you don't wanna hear that all day. I don't wanna hear, no matter how good that music is, I don't wanna hear about you killing people all day. And I'm okay with saying that, but I don't think they feel that. So I think music is a reflection of what we want. 
And as black people, like I said, it's cool to say Black Lives Matter. And it's cool to say you my brother and all this. But sales say we like killing. We yeah. like and we like gun shit. I mean blood shit. Go ahead. I just I, I think that I don't want to cut you off, but I think that I don't understand why that only translates to us. Like, I watch, I grew up watching on a Schwarzenegger kill people all day in movies. My grandma grew up watching um, John Wayne kill people all day in movies. I don't understand why our form of our genre of entertainment um gives off that that vibe but then we watch so many other forms of of uh entertainment that's that's full filled with violence and it doesn't have the same effect that's i i've never understood i've never understood that but and i thought about that uh one day and i was thinking about so what do the other genres of music have and it's they own they, they for one they have a mind of ownership and then the people who come into the room with them actually have their best interests in hand. So let's get this right. So when you went into the music industry, um, I seen a uh, TED talk with a guy, I think we shared it, when he was like, I I would tell black people, we're, you're not marketable black unless you're talking about this, this, and this, and this. But a white guy who talks about this, this, and this, you're not marketable. So it's the opposite. So I think that right now, it's no, it's no room for them to make money. I believe if white guys could make money Talking about gangster shit, they would do it too. But it's no money in it for them. That's why I said it's the narrative being pushed behind the scenes that we need y'all to keep killing yourself. We need y'all to stay in a slave mentality. We need y'all to stay oppressed. We need that. And if long as long as y'all keep feeding into that, then we're gonna keep pushing it and making y'all millionaires. And it's okay if we make 10%, 5% millionaires. They'll kill each other before they really get them charge of money anyway. So it's a system, but that go back to what? Systemic racism. So that's why I say don't we can't never think that we walked away in any genre away from that. Cause this plan was put into a place before us, Horace. No, I was gonna say the same thing. You know, when I was a music man, I think my mom screwed me up. So a lot of stuff I seen back then, you kind of seen stuff trying to trend that way a little bit. Um, I remember when we talked about how they clown Ross. Uh, remember, they was attacking Ross because he used to be a correction officer. I'm like, that's the most insane thing in the world. Like, most most dudes that I knew that hustle would have gave it all up. They would have got a high paying job, like some of the Caucasian counterparts, right? Like, people, we don't want it. They didn't want to hustle. And then I seen where the air started trending towards no shame. You know, now you started. I knew back then you had artists that were on narcotics, but then it, we started to celebrate it. You know what I mean? So right now, I don't understand the culture because I've, I've checked a lot of local artists that put the gun and it's like you say, it's what's to sell. Like it's so, it's so, uh, I forgot the word, but it's so many rappers, so many producers. I got to do something to have a, a gimmick. When, when Young Thug first came out, he would say insane stuff. Some of the most gay stuff ever. But the brother did have some talent and look how he ascended. So everybody looks for a gimmick. But with these young cats, man, these young cats really will die for it. Whether it's, whether it's locally or uh, mainstream art, they really will die for it. And I'd be always wanting to tell some of these cats, like, you know, you kill this dude, but nobody ever talk about the shooter. You know yeah. what I mean? You hot for that minute, but go ask the shooter how his life is right now. Would he take it all back? Because you're praising him for being real, but after that, 
you really real? Yeah, and that's a, and that's the thing, man. This, this, the, these kids. I, when I looked at the, I, I I didn't know much about King Von, and I didn't know much about Mo Three. But when I seen pictures, I seen pictures of with children. That's that's the focus right there. That they no longer have a father. Not only do they no longer have a father, they they no longer have a high providing father. Someone mm-hmm. that that's that's fiscally able to to really look after them, you know, in a high on a high level. So I, that's that's the unfortunate thing, man. Like you're leaving around kids. I think the word you're looking for is legacy, <laughs> legacy builder. Like that man was about to set fire to a lot of people's lives. He was going to be the catalyst in a lot of individuals' lives because, as you saw from some of his videos, he broke bread because he felt like if I make it, we all make it, as we all should be. You know, make sure that. Each one teach one or, or at least put on someone so that they can elevate from the position or the or where they are in life. And that's what he was aspiring to be. But unfortunately, like you said, he couldn't pull away from what was paying the bills, you know, living that life, being about that, couldn't separate the two, entertainment from think, real life. Not to cut you off, Zay, but I don't think this is that I don't think it's that easy. I don't think I don't it, think it I don't, is. I don't, I don't think you can live 25 years or 26 years of your life become a certain a way. Become a millionaire overnight and say, "Hey, you know what? I changed. Hang around the same dudes in the same environment. You, that's trauma. It's trauma just built up on you. Like I like Chris said, was uh, rapping in Orlando. I grew up in Rivera. We stay in Orlando now. When we walk into somewhere, I'm looking at everything. I'm looking at people. It, it, we had security. It didn't matter. I'm still looking because this is who I am right now. Money didn't make me. I'm, he was on tour of Ross. We went." He fly me into Orlando. We on stage with all these people. I'm still worried about Chris safety. It's guys yeah. six times bigger than me. I'm still like, bro, I can't get my gun. I don't know what. Like, I'm still because that's who I am. So right. I think we got to. We can't be naive to say that. Just like with the NBA, when you get to a certain level of money, I, I think they should have somebody who kind of like ushered them into that life, who have lived that before. I think you seen these little boys out, and they managers be close to their age, so then right. they be like, friend. here you go. Then now they got mm-hmm. the he on the fly trying to learn like Horace. He learning and like that's a perfect example. Horace is learning the industry and he was a, above us. He talking to Chris, but he's still learning. But let's just say I'm Chris Road Manager. So now it's me and Chris going everywhere. What we think just alike. Hey, yeah, similar mentalities. I, so I, I might tell him to chill, hey. but once once a dude say something else on the other side of the club, I feel now just you like turn you down. Yeah. So you see, and, and I think that's what it is. When I heard King Von manager talk, and when you hear like uh, Mo three manager talking all them talk, it's like it's it's the blind leading the blind almost. Yeah. But listen, don't ever forget. At the end of the day, anything you attribute comes back to white supremacy. Because listen, most of the time when we had revolutionary leaders, they always put a mole in the camp or an informant to take down our people. Same mm-hmm. thing happens in music. Chris will tell you, you know, you got the hip hop police. And mm-hmm. what was sad is you still don't get the sealed documents with Nipsey. The things that Nipsey was doing, there was no accident that killed him. And it hurt my heart this week that they vandalized and somebody tried to, I think they burned down that space. His, his they trying to get right control of his they space. They want the commercial space. Right. You know what I mean? They gentrifying the area. They want the space. That's and a lot of time they'll use us to do their work. And that's yep. the thing that's disgraceful. But let me transition. Page two, I'm gonna get. I mean, y'all gonna get some good laughs on this one. 
This week, Lil Wayne was arrested on gun charges, felony gun charges, just one week after posing with Donald Trump thumbs up, giving his endorsement before the presidential election. The irony and satire of this is one of the other Trump candidates that was running for office is the one that's bringing the charges against <laughs> Lil Wayne. So I don't know if there needs to be a call, but it seems like Lil Wayne needs to cash in his Trump card because mm -hmm. he'd be facing minimal of 10 years, if I am not mistaken. Yeah. What you thought about that, Mario? Uh, you know, like in the, I don't know if this is uh, applies to this, but I just, I, the first time I heard of it, I just heard my brother Malcolm. I don't get upset when the chickens come home to roost. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I don't know why. Maybe I'm using it wrong. and Maybe it was out of place, but that's just what I felt as a man. I felt like at some point, I had no empathy for little Wayne. I feel like you chose riches over your ethnic uh, duty as a black man and just say, I'm just a rich man. So I feel like handle it then. Rich people handle rich people problems. And my poor black self shouldn't be concerned with rich people problems. And that's how I look at Lil Wayne's situation. You not, I don't feel sorry for a black man. I feel like, hey, it's a rich man going through some stuff in life and he should have enough money to get himself out of it or take care of his family doing it. So more power to that man, or not. And that's just really how I feel about that situation, because Wayne, I, and, I, and I'm tired of this, and I think I got to that point of, because I talk about mercy a lot, but it's like over and over and over again. Every time, you don't have to say nothing. you But you make it deliberately to get up and smite down whatever ball is rolling in our favor to just come back and be the example of, see, look at Wayne. See, look at Wayne. You can constantly be that example when you can just shut up and have no opinion. And I'm not saying you have to, but I'm just saying, don't expect me to be out here like, damn, that's what happened with Lil Wayne. I, I, you know, I don't think it's so fucked up. And maybe I'm fucked up for saying it, but I'm just telling you, that's just how I feel. <laughs> what you feel? <laughs> hey, well, I'll say this. I can always come back to this. When we use this as an example, when we had 9-11, BET went, let's go lie to Soldier Boy and see what his comments are. It's like, nigga, 9-11, Soldier Boy? Are you kidding me? So when I look at these endorsements from people, Lil Wayne, like some of those endorsements was like mind-boggling, but it's an indictment on us. So you look at that stuff and be like, you actually had people, 60,000 people voted for Kanye? You know what I mean? If he was eligible in most states, Imagine yep. how many people would have voted for this brother. You know what I mean? Yep. Donald Trump got elected. So you got to come back and be like us. American people is, is is off the glass. But when it comes to that, listen, before, you know, in the last subject, we forgot to mention the fact that one of the rappers involved in that shooting has a $6 million bounty on his head. Mm. You know what you could do with $6 million in the inner city or the black community? They got $6 million on somebody's head. And you know what $6 million could do in that community? Oh, <laughs> man. Chris. Uh, well, with, with the Lil Wayne case, I did a little studying on it. And uh, come to find out, he got caught. This happened in December of 2019. Um, he got caught He got caught in Miami. Feds came in, searched his, his, his plane. They found a gold gun and drugs. They dropped the drug charges, which is funny to me. But I get I, I think Lil Wayne case, I mean Lil Wayne uh, argument is this was a gift. The gun was a gift. And, and his lawyer saying that I, he didn't brandish it. He wasn't trying to do anything violent with it. And that's the reason why they're trying to get 
get thrown out. Now, what what the Trump is funny because the Trump is a Trump connection there. Amy Coney Barrett was was um Trump's selection. Now, yeah. in a previous case, Amy Kobe, Coney Barrett, who is a gun um who is a gun supporter, uh, decided on a case saying that she didn't think that the rules were the rules were fit for people with nonviolent charges. So she thought she ruled that this high level person, I, I can't remember the name, this high level person, they didn't charge him. They didn't want to, she didn't charge him because he was, he wasn't, uh, he didn't get convicted of a violent crime. He had got convicted of, I think, mail fraud or something like that. Also led into, led to a felony, a federal felony. But she said that since it wasn't a violent crime, that um she got she let him off on it so i think that Lil Wayne is going to try to use that same um uh, same case thing law. to try the case law to get him out get him off this thing so that's that's something to look at that's something to look closely to I, when i seen when we seen the trump um picture him and trump trump ushered in that uh amy comey barrett earlier than what he was supposed to I, I just think it's a lot more there, and I think that's something that we need to really, really look, stay focused on, because it just something seem something really, really seem fishy to me with that. But just, just pay attention to it. Zay, what you got? Uh, man, uh, I think that's a perfect example of I have not learned my lesson yet. I mean, um, when this ain't your first go round at gun charges, you know, you know better, and you still like we said in the first piece with the other rappers ain't learned your lesson as far as being able to ascend. You're in a different platform. But, you know, to Isabel, I think he got a song for a situation like this. And I think it's uh, ain't that a bitch. Because <laughs> that's the scenario and that's the situation. Um, like Mario said, I'm with Mario. I don't really have any empathy for Wayne. Um, call your homeboy. <laughs> you know, see what he can do for you. You know, I, I, I've come to learn that it's not what you know, it's who you know. And and you know that dude, he, you know he out here doing all type of tricks and and clemencies and thing. He might have one more up his up his uh sleeve for you before he exited on the twenty first of January. Who knows? Yeah. yeah, but I mean it's rough. And 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 when you think about it, it I don't think I, I hope that that's not a PR stunt to become relevant again. Wayne. You know, I really really hope that ain't. Um, as you as you said, it's a it's an old uh, charge that came up, but. Damn, Wayne, you gotta be smarter than that. When you yeah. when you run into this, the, the, oh, didn't he go to school and get a, a master's and like psychologist? But, but I don't think he's gonna be smart about. I, I actually think what Chris said is true. I believe somebody gave it to him. I believe yeah. he was on the plane, but I believe That's what that, was that pardon my French, you still a nigga. <laughs> like, and that's the thing. That. That's the thing that this what this is showing you. No matter yeah. how. You might think that money sets you uh uh um setting setting you apart from people. It's yeah. other people who still look at it's a black guy yeah. with a lot of money who shouldn't have it with dreads who's a rapper and we're gonna do everything we can to take him down. I don't care if he know Trump. I don't care if he dig up JFK and have a picture with him. He is going down because it's too many good white Americans that don't have money and this fool is running around with money. So and I believe that once he don't understand that that is him, then you get a situation like this when he gets shocked. Cause I don't believe that any one of us would be shocked that they still coming after you, like two right. hip hop police. But I believe Wayne feels like they don't they don't doesn't affect me. That's for those oh, guys. Yeah. 
But I'm feeling like you should be smart enough that you got somebody around you that, you know what I'm saying, they can take that tar. They're going to have that gun in their possession. It ain't going to be, you know, to me. But like you said, when when, when they after you, they after you. So they're gonna, they can pin it to you. But I'm like, damn, come on, man. That's that's a stupid this, flip. When the last time that happened? When the last time you seen a – they ain't like we were. When the last time? Michael Vick. Did his cousin take yeah. that charge? And like, that was damn, took R. Kelly's brother, you didn't take that charge. People ain't taking charges no more, man. You ain't paying like you used to. But I just, I just think, Damn. I think it's funny why they caught drugs there too. They found drugs and they're not charging them with the drugs. Because the well, pistol you know, trumps the drugs. Well, you know, I, I don't understand how that goes. Yeah, they always gonna you talk got to convict the felon. A pistol charge in the air, like you, you, yeah. you want that? Right now, you get caught with a gun and some drugs. They most likely gonna drop that judge to get that gun. They want He's that already convicted felon. felon for yeah. that. So you know what I'm saying? The ATF don't let off. But my mm. point is just that you. The whole reason what Lil Wayne stand on is I'm not black. I'm just an American and I have money. So these don't apply to me. But it mm. seems to me that you're in the same situation. The rest of So now, and if you don't, and I think him being naive enough to think that they don't apply to him, he's going to keep running into these things because, like, he knows he's not going to think nothing wrong. I don't believe Wayne think he did anything wrong or anybody still like to get him. He think it's just a misunderstanding. And long as you keep thinking dumb stuff like that, you're gonna keep getting this dumb situations like that. It's called the illusion of inclusion. I'm like OJ when they asked him yeah. if he's black, said no, I'm OJ. Yeah, okay, okay. okay. Hey, just like Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson, as soon as he got in trouble, he went to a black church. I need black Jesus more than ever right now. <laughs> well, listen, guys, I need to talk about a moment in black history that happened, and it was life-changing for some. I might be a little biased because one of the first people I met. When I got to the ATL, was the East Atlanta Santa, and he absolutely was everything he said he was. He was actually scary to even be around. <laughs> uh, I think sometimes God does need to step in. I truly believe that uh, he had to go to jail. He was pushing chicks out of cars. He, he was wilding. <laughs> he, he was wilding. He was really Gucci. And I didn't know about Gucci until Chris. Chris played it in a car one day as we went through Many toes on the Orlando I-4 <laughs> without a care in the world. Well, to clarify, Allegedly. we was in yeah. a box. We was in a box Chevy. I mean, no, we, were in a box. we was in a we was in a bubble Chevy. And at that time, you could flip mm. the tag down. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Yeah, I didn't even know there was toes. That's how because you we ran so many. But allegedly, <laughs> I didn't know what those was. But listen, uh, this week, man, we had a versus battle which ended up being the one that broke everything. It was the biggest versus battle. I know Jamaicans thought they had a win, but I am sorry to tell you that nothing like Atlanta had to win. Atlanta was the one that took away and had the biggest wins. There were, ooh, these numbers, 2.3 mm, 2 total viewers and stream 126. No, man, I can't even do this number because it's like, it's more than that's like seven hundred. Man, yes, these there's a lot of zeros in there, so it won't embarrass me on here. Uh, but <laughs> Gucci versus Jeezy was an epic battle, and for most people that did not know, there was a history where you know they debated whether it was fifteen years or twenty years that they did not speak. But both of them are Atlanta icons; they are music icons, and that versus battle was one that broke the bank. So in the midst of me saying that to you guys, 
with all the viewers and all of the tension, you know, you had people, Team Gucci, Team Jeezy, and related to all the shootings that's going on, you know, last week we all said we didn't even know how they was going to be in the same room, mm -hmm. but they pulled it off and there was a redemption to that story. So with that being said, I need y'all guys to share with me the significance of that versus battle, the impact that it had on the culture, and what was y'all personal takeaway from after watching that and witnessing those two brothers come together for a night uh, of music history in Atlanta. I'm going to go to Chris first. Well, first I got to say this. Uh, I thought it was the most interesting born versus I ever seen. I think the animosity between those two made it not good to watch. You know what I'm saying? It, that, that wasn't it. But um, I think for as a, as a whole, man, I think it's always good to to for two grown men to come together and just display music. Some of these guys, some of these mu some of this music is was like the soundtrack of my twenty to thirty uh, year life. Like we. We was doing some things when when both of these guys was on top like that. So um, I, I I was I was very pleased about seeing everything. I, I I think that everybody won on it. I don't think it was a clear winner. I I personally, as a Jeezy fan, I think Jeezy played the best music, but I think Gucci, in a sense, to me, Gucci won because a a lot after the after the um after it stopped, a lot of narrative came out about Jeezy being the bigger man and everything like that. And I and I, and I kind of like disagree with that. I think that for for Gucci to come into that room with that with a man that he perceives sent put a hit out on him, it was bigger than anything Gucci, I mean Jeezy could ever say. You know what I'm saying? Just you you just not initiating or antagonizing that man is not making you big. It, he's big for showing up to a place like that. Cause what people don't understand is this, like before the, the song, the truth came out before the uh, incident was Gucci shot a man trying to attempting to rob and kill him. There was a song by uh, Jeezy called stay strapped. It's to the uh, T I ASAP beat. What mm -hmm. Jeezy clearly in the song says, I got $10,000 for his chain. So when you hear Jeezy on the song, on the truth saying, $10,000 bounty put on my neck. I hope you didn't pay them because they didn't have no success. That came directly from a Jesus song where he said, where he put that out there. Now, I'm not saying Jesus sent the hit. I'm just saying you put out a song saying guaranteeing payment. Like, if you get a chance, go back and listen to Jesus Stay Strapped. He's guaranteeing a payment of $10,000 for that man's chain. So for that man, not only that, there was other guys involved into that robbery, and those men are still living. There was the woman who set up, who set the whole thing up, and she's still living. The guy that Gucci perceived that sent the hit, he's still living. So imagine Gucci's mindset. Oh, 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 put yourself in his shoes. He had to. He didn't went down. He didn't went up. He didn't been to jail. This man has had a good, had a decent career. When, but that, but Gucci think that you sent that man to hit to, to kill me. So I, I, when people talk about who was the bigger man, I think Jesus. I mean, I think Gucci was the bigger man. I think that that man came to say say exactly how he feel to say to to dish you as and if, uh, to dish you at any chance he get. And if you want to be 
if you want to be cool after that, then that's cool. But I ha- I've been holding this in for a long time, and I think that I I think that Gucci showed. I mean, I, yeah, I think Gucci showed the, uh, that he was the bigger man just for coming up there. I, I don't know how I don't know about anybody under y'all or anybody out there in the um in the audience. But at the same time, man, if a man killed me, I want to kill him. I I mean, a man sent somebody to kill me. I want to kill the man that killed that that came. I want to kill his homeboys. I want to kill the girl, and I want to kill the um the dude I th- that I perceive sent the hit. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's how that's what I took off it. I thought it was a great night. I enjoyed it, but I just didn't like the narrative coming after placing Gucci in a um bad light, especially when they was talking about the uh, real estate thing. Yeah, I think that I think that that's cool, but it wasn't a real estate battle. You know what I'm saying? That that wasn't the battle. Not only that. It was a music battle. If you're talking about music, Jeezy, I mean, Gucci, for one, owns his own masters. So that's a head up. Gucci um, puts too many artists on. So he's making the most music off of, I mean, they're making the most money off of music. Which is, And it was a music battle. Now, again, I want to give a caveat. I am a Jeezy fan. I've never been a huge Gucci fan, but I'm a, I'm a Jeezy fan, and I believe that Jeezy played the best music. But at the same time, I just didn't like the narrative coming up after that. But uh, that's just me. Mario, what you think? Well, staying in Atlanta for a while, um, my dad has stayed here all my life, so I've been coming up and down here. Being on the east side, this first house we got was on, on the east side. It was actually on Gresham Road. So then you've seen the love for Gucci. Like, you've seen, like, those guys in, like, in Zone 6, but he is the East Atlanta sound is, is not even the, the that's an undertone to what Gucci mean to the East Side. And then once you understand when I first got here, like 2005, back and forth for a couple of years, the West Side was dead because you had T.I., you had all, all those artists over there, and it was kind of like, you know, Shorty Low, the Rockos, like all those people over there, and, then, and that was kind of it. But those guys are kind of older now. So now you got all the young guys who are from the East Side, so they kind of running. So you see... It's still, it's always been a division because when it comes to those guys, it was like Jeezy, T.I. and all those guys on one side and Gucci was over here. And when you think about all the people that, I think Thug is the only one who can go to both sides and be respected on both sides. But everybody else, they choose a side. Like you never will see Lil Baby and Jeezy do nothing because of this, still because of this, because it is a side in Atlanta that's drawn. And I think when you think about all the uh, money that could have been made, you know, you know, just on the money tip and all the stuff that could have been done for other people's careers, like shows and all that kind of stuff like that, you were like, man, this happened almost 20 years ago and it's still generationally setting people back. And then you're like, man, that's crazy. Now to get to the actual battle, I, I think I'm, I like both of them, but I feel like Jeezy spoke more to me. When I in in my former work of life, and I believe that he he excited me more in in what I did because he talked numbers and dope like a poet. So I feel like Gucci made me crunk in the club, but Jeezy spoke to my life. Like even on his slow song, like he just he was a he's a better rapper, a better artist to me. But I I believe Jeezy is more like the people who I grew up with and the more like minded person of me. You know what I'm saying? So I was always torn between those two. But I think, like Chris said, Jeezy musically had a better 
outcome because I believe him and his DJ strategically um, put the songs in the right places to win the versus battle. I believe Jeezy, yeah. I mean, I believe Gucci walked in there saying, yeah, I'm going to play my hits, but I want to talk to Disney. And I believe yeah. the songs made it sing that way. He started out slow, and then he went to all the beef songs and every song he made to get his point across to that, you know, nigga, I ain't forget, and I'm letting the world know that. But then if you follow people like 21 Savage, y'all know that if you know them, um, all the boys from the east side, you see that they was having watch parties out there, like promoting Gucci. Like, cause you understand, like Gucci could not get up on that stage and not play the truth. Mm-hmm. Because talking about credit being lost, he could not get up there and say, Jesus, this, 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 and this, and this, because he, he had already been saying he's gonna do that. So that part about it, like you said, the people didn't catch. You knew I was gonna play this song. You knew I was gonna do this. I said I wasn't gonna come unless I could do this because that had to be done. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of times when people not knowing just how deep this was, because it was way deeper than that. It's blood, curl. I'm talking about it's East Side, West Side, making Alabama. It's way deeper than oh, you rap and you put mm-hmm. this on me. Bro, it's a lot of people had a lot of stuff done behind this. So to see them two put up, it helped me. But to be honest, in Atlanta, it ain't. And if you like maybe close to 40, you probably feel like me. But if you closer to 30, you probably feel like shit. Gucci the man still and Jeezy a bitch. That's a, that's the narrative. Like when I go get a haircut on Gresham, that's what it is. Like Jesus showed him. He he played the truth. This, see what I'm saying? So I think that as much as we wanted to start some kind of wave and set some kind of trend, I don't think the young people seen what we seen growing up in their music. Because I think they didn't grow up on their music. They more like a mythical creature to them. Them two guys are like they was already established and um already big artists when they start. You know what I'm saying? Getting into their line of uh crookedness. Um, what you feel? Um, on that, I think that the, from the significant side of it, Gucci had to play the truth. It's it's not a rap battle. It's not a versus battle unless Gucci plays the truth. You understand what I'm saying? That needed to be out. I think that that from the significant standpoint, that's it. Also, and I, I thought about it um, when they, you know, I kept listening to everybody say that, you know, tonight Atlanta won. I thought about a, a, a artist a few years back getting up on the stage with, I believe, some uh, football shoulder pads on and some Chewbacca pants saying, you know, Atlanta got something to say and the South mm-hmm. is down here. He, I, Andre 3000, uh, I think that was his name. He said seconds. that Atlanta had something to say and Atlanta had something to say. So the significance of that battle was definitely uh it was up there it needed to be done um gucci and jeezy's beef is since like you said we were head first in the street so it was about that time that they had a a meeting of the minds because y'all are for the lack of better words the fathers of the parents to all of the things that's going on all the artists that we see like like you said gucci spawned the nudies he spawned the futures and and the little babies which uh, Jeezy spawned the, the Gucci's. He inspired them to, like he said, to make the dope boys go crazy. And, and Gucci tell you, dope boy, uh, 95, uh, 95, yeah, Max, Max. I'm a dope runner. And that he gets that from, you know, who he despised. So that definitely needed to happen Um, as far as the impact. We were hoping, like you said, Mario, from an older standpoint, that the younger guys could see that. 
in life. You're going to have trouble. You're going to have trials and tribulations and you're going to go through it with people. But I've seen two guys who have come from streets and ascend the ladder to stardom. Um, you know, they're both on the same track. They both got married. I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure if Dizzy has actually tied or not yet, but I know he's he's on that track. And, and Gucci is not the man who he was a lot of years ago. One of the things that people fail to realize when they look at Gucci's demeanor is he's coming from, like you said, 30 some years of being a certain way. He's striving for better. He ain't all the way healed. You see what I'm saying? But he's trying to do better. So, you know, you got to uh, cheer him on for that. So like you said, Chris, for him to get on there was huge because, you, you know, whether you sent that intentionally or not, or I felt like my life was in danger to the point where I had to take a life. And I think that um, what Jeezy understood was, even though he did stay strapped, more likely out of anger, because we've all been hot-headed uh, young men, didn't realize the power of his voice. He's saying that as in a way like, you know, man, this nigga a duck, let's uh, embarrass him, let's show him, you know, you a sucker, whatever, we're going to take your chain and, and kind of punk. And it sounds good in the air, but then the actual act of doing it, you know, you let somebody try to take your chain and you strap how that's going to go, it ain't going to fail well for them. And that's exactly what happened. But when you have a guy like Gucci who's from the streets, you feel me, and and they take that as a diss, they're not trying to hear you trying to explain that you didn't mean it like that. And I I, I had to potentially put myself in a position where I could have been gone for a long time because I discharged the firearm and I'm a felon. You see what I'm saying? So uh, the thing when you say Gucci won, I think what Gucci won was a chance to express himself how he really, really felt. And he needed that because that was Trump. So I understand, you know, the uh, the my my outfit is ten bands. You understand? What I'm saying the, the, the significance of it. There ain't no money for you to put on me. I got that on. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And I'm still here. And um, man, just that impact of him showing, you know, guys that east side or or who align themselves with with Gucci that I can prevail in spite of in spite everything of. thrown to me. That was that was an undertone that nobody really picked up inside of that battle. That's what I thought. And that's what was monumental to me for Gucci. Cause like you said, Jesus raised man, the dope was a little crazy, but I'm definitely a Gucci fan, you know, way back from when he sounded like he had an everlasting cold. That's my guy. You know what I'm saying? And that's uh, right. So I, I definitely had soft to him. I love the way Jeezy handled it. You know, he handled it like an old head would handle it. I know that you're a younger buck and you're gonna be snapping. And I'm gonna let you snap because you need to let you need to get it out. But I'm also gonna calm the situation down. I'm gonna give you that. You feel me? I'm gonna show you how to be humble as a man and take that L because I got because he's wearing the L for the act that he that he you know put in the in the air. You see what I'm saying? But he took it also like a man. Everything that he had to say to him because he understood that, that man was expressing himself. And he understood that that was uh, needed. The, the takeaway that I got from it. Is that uh <laughs> hey man, you should have led the question. Um, the way that I got away from it though is that um we can all do better, man, and we, and we just need to. Um overall, it was it was petty, as you said, he said 20 years, uh Gucci said 15. You know, listen, at the end of the day, y'all both alive, y'all are both successful black men. Y'all don't have to be the best of friends, but we can collectively move forward. What you got for heart? No, I'm gonna be quick. I um I want to say similar to the LeBron versus MJ thing, man. I think people have missed LeBron's career because they started out comparing it to MJ. So you really haven't appreciated the two. And I say that because in Atlanta, 
it has been lines been drawn. You either with Gucci or you with Jeezy. And um, <clears throat> one thing I can say about Gucci, I'm biased in the fence. Like I've actually noticed, dude. And like Mario said earlier, people, I call him East Atlanta Santa, but people worship dude. He's just the realest dude around now. Like Jeezy is successful. But they see Jesus as as you stay from Atlanta, but you you know you making moves all over the place. But Gucci has been the mascot for a long, long time, especially for the East Side and them boys. And you know he broke bread with a lot of them, so he stayed and tried to make sure he engineered the success for others. And now uh, I'm biased because I like the evolution of both of them. That is the thing, bro. When we talk about our era trappers, is the fact that. Nobody that I knew that was hustling wanted to be out there. They would have traded it in any time if you said, hey, you go a six-figure job or a $50,000 job driving a truck every day where you can be home and be a family person. We just knew people that didn't have no choice. So, you know, once you're out there, you out there, you know. Um, and, and and But the thing that I did take away from yesterday, I don't think a lot of people could really appreciate what happened because a lot of people don't know the story or they trendy. You know, I seen a lot of females caught into the sexual things. So, oh, Jeezy, Jeezy, this, Jeezy, that. So they celebrated Jeezy for the comment about real estate. But when you research them, their net value ain't too far apart. I think Gucci is 12 million, Jesus worth 13 million. Why is that? One thing about it, you know, you take your own rules. I know Jesus makes money with his deals. But Gucci owns every part of his music. He owns it. He can hold, on, hold, on, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wait a minute. Let me finish. Go ahead. Go ahead. I just want to be factual. Right. Yeah, that's factual. So I don't know what Jesus, but I know Gucci on his. But I, the, the takeaway that I got from him yesterday was that uh, I noticed that Jesus could never really too much look at at Gucci, mm -hmm. and you know, and that that has to mean something because. Like I said, Gucci showed up, and he's been holding that in for a long time. I had a lot of respect for him because it ain't beef. It's the fact that at one point, we here, we here now, but you sent somebody to kill me. This don't even have to be happening if they were successful. You know what I mean? Like, you got to – where we come from, that's something deep. That's so I don't know deep. where they go from there, but you tried to kill me and take my life over something that's – you know, is anything worth taking somebody's life? So I just didn't like how – the Gucci Jesus thing, people took it and oh, Gucci ain't this. And just appreciate that them brothers both evolved into a place where they're making money, they're making wise decisions, and they're affecting the culture. And I think that's what they came along for. And politically, I don't know how effective it is, but they had Stacey Abrams start to show off. That's stuff that we didn't even fathom incorporating into the culture to know that, hey man, y'all, all y'all that's looking at this versus tonight. We need you to get out and vote one more time. You know what I mean? So that's the thing that I, I just wanted us to appreciate it instead of being uh, negative about it. Because easily, them boys say we back beefing. Atlanta will be on fire right now. And it's sad to say, but it's just how it is. Go ahead, Mario. I just want to know that uh, I, I feel like we all understand business. So I, I got we, we can't be remiss to say that when people look up stuff, you got to understand that your net worth is going by uh, what you have ledgered according to your name. So right now, if me, Chris, and you start a, a property management company and I buy 12 buildings and you look up 
DeMario Hardy's net worth is not going to come up. It's going to come up. Three Brothers Property Management. That's a part of this. It's not a part. Of, my house going to come up on my network. My car is going to come up on my network. And solo acts that I have registered under my name. So right now, I know three business per buildings that's on Peachtree that he personally owns. Mm -hmm. So that's worth more than that. Go ahead. Well, let me give you the source here. Um, first of all, second thing that happened in that battle, somebody wrote, oh, Jesus said he owned East Atlanta, half Atlanta, but they looked it up. He only owned two houses. Right. When you get into business, like Mario was kind of saying, you get to LLC, you get an incorporation, S Corp. You put under that because somebody sue you could take everything like separate. a monopoly board. <laughs> separate, separate in entities. Yeah. So, <laughs> but the source I got those figures was from I. Uh, I'm not gonna say it was. Uh, it was a. I don't know if it was Huffington Post, but it was one of those media outlets. So we do get our sources uh, from there. But even the fact that that story was on was it CNN? Or time like it was actually yeah. the media outlets that said yeah. the version battles happen. These brothers are going are going to have a battle after twenty years to see the significance of how that trended around the world. That's amazing to me. Right, it is. I just wanted because I believe that like Gucci owning his. I think those two things though business wise got overlooked. I think Gucci owning all of his masters and all of his publishing and everything is yeah. monumental. Like that's not something to just be like. Oh, you're talking about a dude who was a gangster in the streets, been to prison there, and still was able to make and formulate great deals to make sure that he owns everything that Gucci says. That's amazing. And then to sit there, to sit there and say, then for me to understand who Gucci, I mean, who Jeezy started buying buildings in 2000, like three and four with some other people in Atlanta, and to see that he owns a lot. The man owns a lot. Like right now, him and I, I don't see him and T.I. go back and forth. And if you know T.I. got a whole rebuilding, refurbishing company. And T.I. done said, yeah, bro, I learned this from Jesus. So I, mm -hmm. I, I can't, we shouldn't be remiss on just looking up something and saying, oh, I looked up your name and this and this and this. Because if you, and I just don't want people to have that narrative that if you look up somebody and that's what they say, no matter who it is, don't think that's the law. Because understand the game of people getting money is to avoid taxes. It's not yeah, yeah. how much I got. So I just want people to think that. I've seen a lot of people like, yeah, he ain't got no money. He this and I'm like, bro, do you understand? Mm -hmm. The game is not for you Negroes to look me up and say I'm worth this. The game is for you to look me up and say I'm worth this, and I have all of this. That's the game. So I just wanted that narrative to be just thrown out there in the, um, in the public because I've seen that a lot, though. But did you uh did you listen to the album though? That it came out the I, next day. All the time. I, I'm still I ain't heard it yet. I think it started off fine. It started off good. <laughs> it ended good. But that stuff in the middle, that sandwich mm. in the middle. Uh, I believe but, I believe it was a Did they have an Asian thing? Huh? Did they have an Asian thing? <laughs> no, it did not. <laughs> I believe it's Jeezy where he at right now in his life. Yeah. I don't believe Jeezy yeah. can give him a trap of die right now. And I don't expect him to. I believe he can only give me three or four songs that I'm gonna like off the rest of his albums for the rest of his life. That's who I believe he is right now. He ain't that person no more. But I, but again, I think that um, anytime, and I and I agree with you, but I think that you need you have to let go of the name to the re the rebirthing of the name. Like recession, the recession, the first recession was oh, yeah. I agree with was that. major. Let I that go. That. Now I think he got it right with TM one hundred and three because I like yeah. a lot of stuff yeah. on there. 
but the recession, and then he did he named another one, Trapper died three, I think. Yeah, I believe no, no I don't think though. Well, why not go to snow cone? It's an insult, but I'm using it for good. Like I'm, I ain't doing so much snow, so I'm just a snow cone now. I'm not <laughs> a snow man. No, that 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 guy <laughs> turned. <laughs> he can't use snow. Snow blade. And it's funny. It's gonna be over for him. It's funny. He called Gucci called him snow cone, but oh, got an ice cream. Never mind. Never mind. Stay out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I stay out of it. Can I say one more thing before we go on? I want to say this too. A lot of times, I don't know if this been here. Y'all hear this? QCP has been instrumental. In Atlanta, behind the scenes, so so much that he was real big in getting them too. Cause I think both of them respect him as a gangster from the street. Yeah. When I first got up here, we had a car wash up here, and if you ever know P, P was really about what he talking about. He used to come through, and the people used to work for us used to get paid like five dollars a car, or whatever. He'll come through and get his rims clean until every driver fifty, every person who touched his car fifty dollars. Like I seen it with my eyes continuously. Like you know what I'm saying? So P been this kind of person. So I understood that him behind the scenes, like hollering at uh hollering at uh Jeezy, uh I can't forget the dude name. Uh no, nah, not King, uh, it's another dude, and and um G and Gucci is his best friend. But hollering at them, he was real instrumental in that. And I think him being a connoisseur of music and like and loving Atlanta so much, I think he don't get as much credit as he deserves because people forgot Coach K had a lot to do with this too. And yeah, that's man. the music part. So don't, get out. don't leave they told when that. Right, you're right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I, and I appreciate him standing with his homeboy, but yet saying, bro, we got to do this. And you right. need to let this go. Well, I understand it because that's the closest Atlanta gonna get to a win. Yeah, Falcons gonna Falcon. Braves gonna curdle. So listen. All of us going to be on the road next week. I'll be somewhere else. But my one of my mentors, one of my heroes as a child is going to fight next week. And I, I'm scared for the other person. I don't know what to expect. I need lightning round responses. And the Tyson, Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones. What are your predictions? The fight is on the 28th and it's for five rounds. I have no idea what's going to happen. I'm in picturing. I'm picturing that episode of Martin. When Martin got knocked out of the ring, like goddamn, uh, by Tommy Brady, I'm hit man Hearns. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, I don't know what to expect, man. What is y'all predictions, Mario? Uh, I think that Roy Jones is a fool, and I think that uh, <laughs> if nobody has family that loved him, told him that, let me be the first to say, Roy, I respected you, and I like to hear you talk right now when you on the side of the ring and a lot of uh fights. Do not get in the ring with Iron Mike. He still feeds pigeons on roofs, and he's a millionaire. <laughs> Let it go, Roy. Let it go. Go ahead. And he smokes a lot of weed every day just to keep calm. Bro, this fight is going to be so epic. Boy, we love – we grew up on Mike, and then we got, you know, adapted to Roy, but Mike going to kill him. It's, it's like talking about Michael Jordan to me. I, and you see him still going? Okay, that's it. That's all I got to say. I mean, Roy quick, but Roy ain't never had no defense. I might come. So I got Mike. What do you got, Chris? Uh, Y'all must have forgot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say this is a tough. Hey, this is a tough. One. These are childhood heroes. It's like hey. picking between your finest woman and your nastiest woman. It's kind of tough to uh, judge. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay out of it. I'm gonna stay out of it. I'm gonna just watch the fight. I hope, hopefully, you know, we can. Uh, we we it would be a good fight. It's only five rounds, so. 
I, I don't know. It's, it's just hard. This one is hard for me to pick. But Horace, what you got? Well, I would never, never totally count Roy Jones out because anything can happen. But Mike Tyson said when that bell ring, he's bringing hell with him. I don't know why I would fight the Mike Tyson, who is now on Vegan Fuel <laughs> for free. Mm -mm. For charity. Ain't no Are check in You got, you know, you're not getting paid. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Whoa. Bro, so I don't know. That's when uh, you just don't know when to hang it up, but. I don't know what to expect. I'm just going to appreciate it, even though I am thinking the worst, because the last time I seen Roy Jones fight, he was underneath the rain rope snoring. We surely did. So listen, right, before we close out, man, I want to talk to you guys about the LeVar Ball, the father of three NBA superstars who, who is allegedly said that he could beat Mike, Michael Jordan in a one-on-one -on -one and, he said a lot of hilarious stuff, but we have to celebrate this brother because either he is the new Don King or the king of hype because he has found a way for him to get three sons who might have been mediocre to some in the NBA. He got three sons in the NBA, and his last son was in the top five of the NBA 2020 draft. And while doing a podcast where he says many things, he said something that was controversial, as always. He said that with his son's status and being drafted so high and being an instant millionaire at a young age, he thought it would be unlikely for his son to find a good woman and would probably marry a thought. So with that being said, <laughs> uh, I don't even know how to say that, but with that being said, do you guys agree with that? You know, because that's, that's, that's a harsh statement that people are outraged on. We might understand, but... You know, in most terms, you do see celebrities either dating white women or dating some exotic women, and they don't stay with the women. The relationships are either I go through a bunch of women or they marry somebody who takes half their cheese years later. So I'm not going to rant on. I want to know what y'all thoughts about LeVar Ball comments, Mario. I think that, uh, first of all, he's the GOAT, and, and most mm. black fathers should definitely Definitely aspire to walk in this, pulling in the man's socks, damn his shoes, because he went out against all odds and said something, talked into position, and then put him and mimicked his whole life in his son's life to position them to live out their dreams. This, this, this is what they they wanted to do. People always talk about him, so I just want to put that first. And then the second thing is, I think as a father, I got a son now, and I think what he's saying, even though it was a little. Crass, right. I think it was 100% right because I think it's already hard to find love in any genre. It's already, that's already a hard thing. And I think it's already hard to trust. That's that's already. Then I think the level of of people being taught to have a good rate or relationship or have an example of it is a low level too from broken homes and all that kind of stuff like that. So I think when you add all those things up and to the mention of a world that just preaches on um materialistic stuff, then it's gonna be very hard to find somebody that's gonna love you or you feel that loves you only for you. Because they might do truly, but it's not even about that because you never really know if somebody loves you. It's about what you feel because they can be really loving you. But if you don't feel that way, it doesn't matter what they're doing, no matter how you feel. And I think his sons are gonna be in a very, very hard position, especially the youngest, because it was destiny. 
he they knew he was coming here. So he had been this way since middle school. Women had been throwing themselves at him. So for him to find somebody who truly loved him right now, I think it's going to be very, very hard. And I think him knowing his son as a father, he know what they're going to be looking for. He's probably right. Because they're going to probably be thinking uh, physical and pick the, mm-hmm. the, the finest woman to them and that says the right stuff to them. And they're probably going to end up with a thought because they're not going to even really know, like he said, how to look for their mother. Because they don't know in this in this world how to look for their mother because they never had to. Um, what you feel about this? Hey, well, I would say let's not be let's not be naive that a lot of the women that are somehow marrying NBA NFL stars usually date a couple of those NBA players and they go into a cycle before one of them shoots them. Hey, Chris Bosch was my you know, I liked him as a player. He married one that had been around the league, I forgot for a while. And you notice different people. Uh, Karuchi, she has been from the hip hop scene to all the rap dingaling. So, uh, a guy that was doing a podcast one day was saying, um, as a celebrity, his mom asked him why he'll never meet any black girls. And he was like, when he goes to them parties that are secluded and private, you never see him. And he said he figured out by design that a lot of the coaches and a lot of the uh, uh, players, whatever, made sure they got their family members or daughters into those back rooms. So you're not seeing no sister because this party here, probably 500 a plate, and, you know, this is Coach Taylor's daughter or somebody that he knows. So at one time I used to always say it's about cutting out generational wealth, you know. I always said two, you know, blacks. But now I'm just seeing where after Amber Rose, a lot of young chicks, are uh, really pushing the power to pee and putting themselves in some some winning positions. I've seen observed chicks that spend their last to go and get a whole new body. You know why? Because she's going to meet some idiot or some thotty and make it. We got local girls here in Palm Beach County that went from the projects to being with uh, the young boy, one of them. Kodak. Is it Kodak? So, I mean, right now that just seems to be the new era where – Instagram girls are getting chose, you know what I mean? Even the good girls right now going to have a couple pictures of her booty idol. She's showing her best body. So uh, I understand what LeVar Ball is saying. Now, with that information, how do you tell your son, like, make sure you don't get none of these girls pregnant because the oldest son is catching hell with his baby mama situation. So with me telling you this, okay, we recognize that, but how do I slap my son to say, do not shoot this club up. You worth $50 million. This girl going to play a whole role until you give her a baby or marry her. And then she's going to say, checkmate and take your cheese. You stuck with her for X amount of time. So those are the things that confuse me. So I, I agree with what he's saying is, but it's more about, okay, what I'm going to do next after that. What's next? Hey. I, think he, I think he did uh, exactly what he was supposed to do. Um, gonna look at it as crass, but he had to get on the grim reality or the severity of the situation, which is, son, you're a millionaire and women, or forget women, people pretend well. You know what I'm saying? So nine times out of ten, because of your stardom, and unfortunately your pocket now, son, you're gonna meet a thought. And I need you to know that up front. You know what I'm saying? So don't come in here telling me, dad, I think I found the love of my life, because he gonna give him some grim reality. And you know LeVar Ball does not spare anybody with his tongue. Uh, I think a lot of that does stem from the older brother. 
this, you know what I'm saying? Him witnessing what the older brother went through, and he probably using the other brother as a learning lesson. Like, look at your brother. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? So a lot of women are probably would look at what he's saying as insensitive, but us as men looking at it like, dang, he is saying some hard truths, and that's exactly what it is. It's just some hard truths. Uh, people don't really know how to stomach or stand that, but you know, my hat goes off to the ball ball because he is raising them boys properly. You may not like how he's going about it and the way that he's doing it, but he's doing the damn thing. What you got for him, Chris? Uh, well, I, I I I agree. I agree with him. I uh, I think that money pollutes a lot of things. I think that if you think it's going to be hard to find love, it's going to be hard to find good friends. It's going to be your family members may change. It's your your really? accountant your accountant can screw you over. Your agent can screw you over. So the the just the when you put money into the situation, it can taint everybody or everybody around you. So I I totally agree with it. I don't see nothing wrong with what he said. I think that when what Harder said about love you for you, it's impossible because that is you now. You you are a rich person, so they they have if they're gonna love you for you, they have to also love the fact that you are rich. So it's it's almost it, it, I think it's almost impossible. But I just think that it's bad that you know Lavar said that as a black father, he says that and and people and people get outraged, especially women. I see they get outraged, but these are the same women that from a, a young age tell their little girls don't don't um watch out watch out for little boys because all they want to do is have sex with you now if you if you're gonna this is the, this is the, the exact opposite so uh, one uh, the uh, one sex wanting something from the other one from the other sex and the parent is um telling you about it and warning you about it so i don't see anything different between those two but again like i say i i, I agree with lavar ball i think I'm going to trust the man that got his oldest son the number two pick in the draft, his middle son uh, in the G League, and his last son the number five pick in the draft. I, he must be doing something right. So I think that we should. That's a person that you should should listen to, whether you like how, the delivery or not. I, I just think that's somebody. That and he married to their mama. And he's still and he, married to their mama. And still yeah. married to their mama. Yeah, he could have yeah. yeah. easily got winning. He really he could have easily took his receipt, went back to the store and got and exchanged it for a, a younger virgin. He still and he stayed. He and still she stayed said with and her. He her doing all of this when she done had a stroke and everything. I'm, I'm saying the man is that's what I say. We we, we, no. we, we putting the wrong people on the pedestal, man. It, it, it's mm -hmm. Exactly. Created a shoe over overly priced oh hi and overpriced <laughs> but he created a product that's the same thing master p is talking about it don't product, talk back product don't talk back we mm. all supposed to create a product i'm trying right now in my life i i had a um, meeting with my brother i told him we need to have a service and a and sell something you know if you, you can keep a job have a job a service and sell something period i mean legal something but that's just that's just how we gotta operate as black men. Now I'm not hating on anybody having a job, but you have your job, you provide a service, and you sell something. All right. Let me ask you something, guys. For the sake of time, I know that topic that we had next will go on for about thirty minutes, right? So can I say that for next week? Yeah. And I and I close out with one question that was would definitely take y'all out the proper way. Let me ask y'all something, and I'm gonna keep that same order for that question, cause I'm gonna go to the date doctor who's been on fire this week. Okay. 
Should a man take his girl back after she had sex no. with another man? No, 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 absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely not. That's probably the same woman that, when brought up when 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 watching cheetahs, she was disgusted. That's the same woman that told you, "Oh, if you gotta if you gotta cheat, you need to just leave." Hell no, absolutely not. Men, that's the only fellas. I'm gonna look dead in this camera. Fellas, that is the only leverage that you have. The fact that you can walk away, you can't beat on a woman. Well, you shouldn't. You can't. Okay, you, no. you, you shouldn't be. And you you look you look like a bitch if you cussing and fussing with her. That's still that's that's wrong, bro. The only leverage you have is to leave. If she don't if she don't understand, the second you cross me, I'm out of here. Every everything got to have repercussion. And and what I learned from, uh. Whore's mother's church, favor ain't fair. That's what well, I, I tell got. you what. I just want to say that the Donkey Kong is still uh appreciated in three states. <laughs> in the half. Yeah, <laughs> he's just in the half. Ladies, man, since you the latest man, <laughs> should a man take his girl back after she had sex with another man after he went in there and pushed it back? I'm gonna say uh if he loves it, yeah. I'm gonna also say that uh that don't stop with him. But hey, if you gotta fight for love, it's not it's not simple and easy. Like you think hard for Mr. Bait Doctor. That man loved that woman and she made a mistake. There's a lot you of women me? out here, Zay. There's a lot it, of women. It is. I, I didn't say that that applies for me. I said it applies for that man. You know, oh, if he does bring her back, uh, it don't fly over here for me. I'm gonna say that, you know, you're gonna be successful in life. Unfortunately, it just won't be here. Not with me. Me. You got one too. Well, goddamn, Tevin Campbell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> can we talk? <laughs> sure. I don't know who you are. <laughs> Tevin. Listen, man. Listen, let's be real. Everybody deserves a second chance. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Boy, yeah, he froze. Mm. No, I'm just. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, man, this is a moment. Listen, listen. I know you're channeling your uh your Tevin Campbell right now. You you probably at gunpoint right now. I know that's what's going on over there. It's somebody oh, in that it's somebody you. in that room. It's somebody, it's somebody in that room. <laughs> you trying to have a good night tonight. Okay. No, man. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I thought about this long and hard. And only reason why I'm saying this is you because it's somebody out here. It might be in the comment section. I don't know. But you no, know, they laid it on tiptoe. Get what? Yeah. They still there with them. So right. I want to encourage you, my brother, to be who you are. Don't be who we are. Be you. I'm just saying over here. Sincerely, the tip, the tip, sincerely, the tiptoe. Hey, oh goddamn! Tip oh, God. Listen, wait a minute. So this is the funny part, right? So the fact is, if a man, let's be honest, if a man, old ladies have sex with somebody and nobody know about it, oh, he gonna oh, stay shit. there. He gonna cry. You gonna cry? You gonna cry like JT Bunny said? But if somebody finds out or even has an inkling that that happened, or he thinks so, there's no way that he stand knowing he that can't. somebody knows somebody came and plowed his field without his permission. There's no respect, man. At that point, you know what I'm saying? There's no honor amongst thieves. Somebody knows <laughs> honor amongst thieves. Huh? Yeah, it's, it's no longer in the household. I got Listen. a fun. I got a funny feeling. Another bee been in my honey. Oh, oh man, man. Listen, <laughs> listen, if I if I was ever that person that JT Money talked about where I just gave up on life and I did not care, then I would be that dude. You know what I mean? If we was not together and she went over and did a spell and said, listen, 
You do it too swell. Let me come back home. I'm going to cheat on her for a long, long time until I feel satisfied that everything has been, uh, you know, settled. But should I? No, nah, I can't. No, nah, brother. I know it happens every day. But not, if I, not where we from. You know why? Because a guy named Dr. Gucci said this. Girls are like buses. Bus. Miss next, one. Next 15, one coming. Mario, take it away. Well, it, all that sound good. Oh, we it got another good. one. <laughs> if I tell you what you should do, that would be just me telling you what you should do. But if I be real, that I'm saying right now, the average person who's saying that they not going to do that is doing it to the Tim Powell. So I've heard guys say, bitch, if my wife cheated on me once, bitch, that's one to 100. So she, like, damn right, I'm going to take her back, bitch. She got 99 more to catch up with me. Like, <laughs> right? Because I think that, that whole thing depends on who you are. Like, right now, really? I, don't, I don't believe, it's just me, I don't believe that you could be a faithful person putting all your love and all your care and, and doing everything you can, turning down mm-hmm. all these other jazzy bells out here in the street, and you find out that your woman cheating, and you stomach that. I don't, I don't believe that. But I believe if you're a man who I, who, I, who actually is out in the field, and you know that, okay, she stepped out once, but bro, I've been doing this for like 10 years. I've been out here. Makes sense. And you might be feeling like, who am I to say, okay, that's just one, but I have been a dirty, nasty oh. dog out here. So she fought around, and, she, and I ain't gonna let her. I ain't gonna just walk in there and say I forgive you. But in back of my head, I know, bro. I have been a nasty. I have been out here fucking like it's going out of both legs. I don't believe that guy is gonna be so easy to say you dirty bitch and run. I don't believe it. And then me having taken inventory, just might cause me some bricks on marriages. I feel like it's more of the guys who are the latter than the uh, the front. I believe it's more guys out here fucking out of both legs who are married than it is our guys out here who's selling out for love. So I'm going to think that more people are going to say, you know what? It's one to a hundred than it is. I can't believe you did this. I put all this into this and you broke me down. And I believe that's why more men out here are fucking out of both legs because they in the back of their head know that anytime they don't want to be that guy who put all of it in there and find out his wife was getting beat or his girl was getting beat. And I think that's, a, that's that never-ending circle in life. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's fucked you up. Know what's interesting? Yeah. You know what's interesting? When I always, when before I go to Chris, when women say, oh, all these dudes are cheating, with, these married dudes are cheating and blah, 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 but who are they cheating with? Mm. And who yeah. holding them accountable? Because yeah. a lot of girls yeah. who are cheating, women are fucking married men, boyfriend men, and they, ooh, girl, look at this and this and this, but you get on a, on anything and you hate cheaters. But mm-hmm. six of your, five of your six friends are the other party of a cheating-ass relationship. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, amazing. Well, I, I say this. I, I, I hear what Hart is saying, and I, and I somewhat agree, because I went through that. Um, but the question was, if another guy, that was the question. Yeah, I went through this, but I just didn't go through it with a guy, and I stayed. So I'm just letting you know. I'm just being totally transparent. The question was, if another guy, I say I could stand by what I'm saying, absolutely not. 
but I went through this certain the same situation. It just wasn't a guy. Well, listen, let's be honest. They, they made a whole movie about this. It was called The Best Man. And then the next movie, God took her away, which was. <laughs> I, think, I think that's a little. Low, a little low blow. Right? Such an oh, ironic man. end to the movie. See, man. Was, from, from what you're saying, Horace, when you look back at the first thing we ever seen of this was the good brother Joseph, who gets overlooked all the time. Oh, Jesus. His man. wife came home. With mm. no intercourse and said, I'm pregnant, and it's a heavenly father's baby. What? <laughs> and he took what? Him. He Where she called him daddy. So from the good book, according to that, it say you should stay because you might be the father of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and somewhere around these projects, somebody pulled that stunt before. Yeah. Mm. Thank you, Because there's a lot of girls who say when you ask them who they dating. Jesus is my boyfriend, husband. We have heard it from many of our friends. And, and then I they look, wind up praying. That's, that's for another segment, too. And I look yeah, at him and say, no, he's not. He's your brother. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Got to correct him sometimes. <laughs> hey, listen, we're going to keep that City Girls topic for next week. I want to get the roosters roosting and the chickens clocking for a good episode. Uh, Thanksgiving holidays are upon us. It is the Fat Dude's Christmas. Uh, to each and each and every one of y'all that tune in tonight, we thank you. I'm going to the closing comments. By I'm gonna go to the date doctor. Um, I like to only show I like to highlight um, black excellence at any time. Um, I haven't been to a, to a viewer of the of NFL for a long time ever since the Kaepernick situation, but I it, I got wind of a situation where it was a all black referee um mm. group for a game. I don't know if it was last Thursday or no, Monday. It's tonight. It's, it's tonight. tonight. Right? Okay, okay, it's tonight. So I, I, I want to. I definitely want to highlight that it's an all black referee uh crew. And it's for the first time ever. So I want to, you know, I haven't, me and, the, me and the NFL had a been having a rough relationship for the last four years. But I definitely want to highlight that. And I may even take a peek at the game after after we get off, off here. But, um, yeah, salute to the NFL for an all-black referee cast. I mean, crew. Ladies, man. That's what's up. Um, thank you, everybody who tuned in. Um especially with historical events like Chris just mentioned on the Monday night going on, you know, y'all took your time to be in with us. So we always, always, we thank you. Um, we here at the black super friends definitely like to highlight black excellence. My brother, Mr. Harden down there in the bottom shared with us earlier this week, a group of entrepreneurs in Atlanta got together and spent about 30,000 on groceries for the people inside of their community. That people that's balling. I, I really I looked at that and that was moving for me. I, you know, hopefully we can get to a point where we can do that at a certain point in time. But I just thought that in this period with this COVID nineteen year, with people out of work and you know people flaunting the the riches of coming up, whether it be on the system or just during this tough economic time and their and their uh, adversity overpowering, that they gave back. I I, I like that. I did like that. What you got? And we will, Zay. We will. We will. That's real. Speaking into existence. Let me add uh, 
uh, to Chris thing that the guy who uh, and it's all black and it's the uh, first time it's a black uh, a white hat I referee so you just know how much it means to be a white hat that means you uh, yeah. uh, period like a white hat is the person like it's not too many black white hats period in the NFL so to have a white hat a person who actually runs every referee on the field and all the rest be black that's amazing right there because um, cause the last time it was done the white hat was white so it was a lot of black people but it was the white leader um, and for uh, Mr. Two Weeks Out is the guy who uh, Zay is talking about, who fun, who like set in, set that into motion, and he owns a whole bunch of uh, gyms in um in Atlanta, and his story is very remarkable if you want to look at it because he started off as a worker and had a dream, and um got with a couple of his homeboys just like us, and they really made that happen. And we're talking about these guys are millionaires now, and mm-hmm. set the course of me being in Atlanta, he went from working out into a gym to owning the gym to now. Putting people in other positions to own gym, though, and those are ridiculous, uh, amazing. And one more thing, we want to head on is Lavar Ball is the goat. So when you say goat and you don't say Lavar Ball and you're a black father, you should be slapped. Okay, that's the. Uh, the and then the last thing is, I want to give a shout out to uh, a lot of black people, especially black men right now, out there giving out turkeys. I came from a turkey drive earlier, and I must say we was on the show. The other day we was like, uh, and um, Latoya, all right, little Chris' sister, um, and she's very influ- influential in the community, especially into like uh, giveaways and stuff like that. And she kind of sparked something in me to say, "Man, I need to go do more." So mm-hmm. uh, me and one of my homeboys went earlier and stayed out there, even with my little son. He, he was out there with me till it got too cold, just at a tur- at a turkey drive. And I must say, and I wanted to. Uh, Tell Chris to tell Toy. I, I was surprised, but men outnumbered women. 20 Golf clap. 23 to 4. Golf so clap. I want I oh, yeah. to say, I'm talking about it was older men, but most of the men out there were young men from college to like 45 out there handing out. And I ain't talking about just handing out turkeys, um, talking to people getting them in and into the community, finding shelter for people. So I just felt happy to be a part of that because I felt like when she said that, it said, man, I do need to do a little more and find a little time because God been good to me and I feel like to my family, so I need to give back more. And I was just so happy. I wanted to bring that up to uh, say that it was a lot of men out there really giving out turkeys today, and I really appreciate that. Uh, you know, all right, let me, um, let me actually, we forgot. We have one amongst us, Horace. We got to get your flowers oh, while yeah. you're here with us. Oh, yeah. You did yeah. your thing Saturday. I saw you out there. You out there with the mayor. You had who was that? The mayor Medical, which is a brand new black owned uh, business, uh, mar- was it marijuana um, licensing business. Something to that effect. I'm sorry, New oh, Age, if could, I said anything it incorrectly. Could, but no, definitely. Just definitely. Um, and I saw them out there working doing the same thing. And and they're entrepreneurs, they haven't hit the heights of millionaires yet, but they got a heart, you no, know. What and, they gave our gas. and they gave our gas and food. And Big the problem about it is you just didn't say, Hey, here y'all take this and go eat Thanksgiving. Thanks. I see them out there with gloves, meeting the people, shaking. Um, uh, you know, it's COVID, but putting gas, yeah. it was actually being a service to people, and that's what I'm yeah. saying, like. You're right, Horace. I'm sorry, I overlooked that. Yeah, so we're not leaving you out, bro. I'm not just giving, saying here, here go a bunch of gift cards, but actually being a service to people. And I want to commend you. Uh, I know what well, the people I know, the mayor, 
Ronnie Felder and Doug. It might have been other people, but them the people who yeah. I know who I seen out there. And because I'm proud, because I'm from Rivera. So y'all made me proud, especially because I know y'all and what y'all came from. So we're going to salute hey. you tonight, for sure. Golf clap, golf clap, golf Thank clap. You, my Thank you. I want to say, give a shout out to uh, the chief of staff, Tessa Brown, um, the mayor of the Riviera, city of Riviera Beach, Ronnie Felder, uh, Councilman Doug Lawson, who came through uh, Christ Fellowship, Victory Church, uh, the construction shoppers out there. Um, we, the mayor actually was out there at 8 a.m. I got out there at 10, but from 10 to around 3 o'clock, he gave out $10,000 worth of gas. The line was down blue heron. So to know we were pumping gas from 10 to 3 o'clock, and I know $5 or $10, like he was actually giving out gas, and we gave out 1,000 turkeys. And to see the different people, I mean, Chris had a little funny meme he sent me the other day, but for that day, we <laughs> let politics invade our, our communities often, but when we really get down to the core of it, we really all want to help and give back. This is our city. This is our community. And maybe we have to uh, give it to your sister. I got back out there and it did ignite something in me again to get back on the ground and get engaged. Um, and and we did that, man. So shout out to the mayor and, and everybody involved who people don't recognize that these people took their day to give back. So mm -hmm. 8 o'clock to 3 o'clock that you committed to giving to somebody else. Many people might have came through, got some gas and took off, but to know, I, I don't think people really know sometimes, like, it ain't easy, man. It makes you feel good, but you actually out there like you're on a job giving back to the community and the sun and the heat. So, man, it felt good to know that you impacted so many lives. So uh, to everybody that tuned in, we thank you. We wish you a happy holiday, happy Thanksgiving. Oh, I got one more thing. One more thing. Safe travels. I, got, I got four turkeys left. So if somebody in Atlanta knows somebody who needed turkey, uh, we, I have, I got four left, and um, that's all that's not accounted for tomorrow. Do not give them my number. Call one of these guys right here. <laughs> they were screaming. <laughs> they were put me in contact. I do not want to know. I do not want sixty people calling me about turkey. But I'll just know, put it on the bottle. Yeah. <laughs> if y'all know somebody who needs turkey, seriously, I got four turkeys left, and these ain't no little small Cornish hen. Huh? Are they yeah. wild caught? <laughs> no, I ain't, I ain't catch these. <laughs> it came out the store. So we, we want to really turn You know, COVID is a, is a tough time. So yes, yes. if you know somebody in Atlanta and you know one of these guys right here, or if you know me personally, get at me and I'll tell them somewhere they can meet me at or somewhere like that. And I got four turkeys left as of right now. All right. It's been another episode. Anybody that's in, we are looking for topics to you know, give our insight on. So to the next time we see y'all, we definitely thank y'all for tuning in and we will see you. See you.